0: In 1895, the state
1: of Ohio had only two automobiles. And wouldn't you know it, they collided.
2: (laughs) So, (laughs) who knows what kind of collision we're going to have in the days ahead.
0: If you dare vote for a decree that God finds abominable and murderous. You will answer to him. God's curse is upon you. How dare you, how dare you defy him?
2: Strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. When is the time for justice? The time is now. I'm tired of waiting for incremental solutions that never make any increments and never bring solutions. So when is the time for justice? It's now.
3: I said to every sinner, God broke the law for love.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
0: If the court in a nation is the highest authority, then you found a God. If the people. Are the highest authority? Then you found another god. If if there is no transcendent law governing over this nation or any other nation, then you found another god. It's never too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on a taxpayer's teat until they have sore-chapped nipples. Take the guns first.
2: Go through due process second. Please clap. Just as the church has an obligation to be Christian just as the family has an obligation to be christian just so the school has an obligation to be christian and the state
1: and your calling and the school every area of life must recognize christ as lord and savior
0: Welcome to Cross and Crown Radio, an unapologetically Christian reconstructionist talk show for your edification and your enjoyment. One thing we say a lot around here, Jesus is king and we mean it. There's no neutrality, no exile, no surrender. I'm your host, Jason, and with me here in the undisclosed location, the dungeon, the new studio. Yeah, new
2: location for us this week. Very exciting.
0: The new location that we'll... We'll just keep it undisclosed. But with me is Jordan and John. How are you, brothers? Awesome. How are you? You're awesome. Doing I'm, great. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Doing well. Um, it's just been kind of a kind of a crazy week. Um, just, Very crazy week. Just a crazy week. Stuff we'll get to in the second half of the episode regarding vaccines and a topic that we've really been tackling. I know, Jordan, you've written some stuff. Uh I just did a sermon on it, so it's kind of all sermon. It's all fresh in our minds. Blew the doors off some people. Blew the doors. Well, hey, it just goes to show the gospel does affect every area of life. So if we if we mean that, then we should you know do something with it.
2: Incredible reception to that! Like the amount of views and shares and comments and testimonials in response was like beyond my wildest
0: expectations. Yeah, mind blowing response. (laughs) I don't want to get. Let's not let the cat out of the bag too much, because I, you know, I have some thoughts on that too, especially when we think about victims' rights yep. and things like that. You know, there's a reason the gospel, you know, is brought into that area. So we'll get back we'll get back to that topic in a little while. But first, there's some news coming out of uh, the UN summit, a climate change summit, and oh, yes. Greta. Thunberg. Thunberg. I almost forgot her name for a second. <laughs> Greta Thunberg is the topic of the day, the topic du jour. Um, young woman who's just, she was there at the, the summit talking and we're going to play a clip in a minute, but I don't know, you know, there's a whole lot to be said about climate change. Um, the theology behind it. What's the philosophy? What is the Christian view of climate change? Right. You know, those types of things. Um, but we want to I guess it it actually is something we should care about and think about. Yes. And not just poke fun at people and naysay and, you know, sort of just eke our way through, you know, life ravaging the planet, you know, sort of carelessly. Right. But we also know there's another side of the ditch and that's just a lot of liberal ideas and agendas for they basically call for more statism. Yep. So, I don't know, Jordan, tell me, I mean, what are your thoughts initially, and we can play the clip in a second.
2: Yeah, I mean, my first thought, when, when you see this girl talk, you can't help but be impressed. This young lady, I believe she's 15 or 16 years old, um, she's very well spoken, uh, you know, English is in her first language, and here she is in front of the entire world, cogently putting forth sentences, which that in its own is far more than I could have ever done at that age. Um, brave right. girl to get up there and, and speak her convictions. She's passionate. I admire this girl on a lot of levels. Um, now I do think that she is being very severely used um, by a lot of the people who are around her and that's not a reason to go after her personally. Mm-hmm. I know John you had some Thoughts on that. But.
1: Right. Uh, absolutely. I think that she has a lot of very wrong views about right. climate change. Right. Uh I, I believe she has very many wrong views about faith and her worldview and her politics. Uh, but let's just say this very clearly. She is a sixteen year old child with multiple medically diagnosed mental health issues. Like full stop. Right. Like let's realize who we're talking about mm-hmm. and show some basic freaking human dignity like yeah. some some empathy if you will yeah sure. like let's give her some grace maybe she's a child if if we're going to complain about anybody if if we're going to um make fun of or mock anybody that maybe your parents maybe the public education system in europe mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah yeah, especially if you're a conservative who was calling for civility when that 16 year old who was in front of the Capitol steps. Uh, was was in front of that Native American man, and the left piled on him and went after him personally, and basically kind of called for his head. If you were one of those person calling for civility, but now when the shoe is on the other foot, now you're kind of just joining in, mm-hmm. attacking this child. You know, let's be consistent. That's all we're asking for. We mm-hmm. can we can go after the wrong statements that that Greta is making. Even we can we can point out where those are wrong, and we can point out, like you said, rightfully, John, the the forces around her that are are harmful to her but yeah let's let's be consistent and if we're not going to go after someone who's conservative or when it it happens to a conservative let's not you know cry victim when it happens right in the reverse she
1: she has severe anxiety and uh, obsessive compulsive disorder it makes a lot of sense that she would actually be extremely fixated on something like this uh, climate change it makes a lot of sense that she would be and it's really the people that exposed her to these extremely sensational wrongheaded ideas uh to instill this sort of irrational fear in her that are to blame yeah uh, of course i do believe in responsibility but she's a child mm-hmm. and, and and frankly all the conservatives that are somehow angry or upset at her acting childish we mocking the idea that she's acting childish, which I feel like she is acting childish in some ways. They don't have a problem with a 73-year-old highest elected official in the United States, the president of the United States, acting like a stinking child on Twitter <laughs> every single day. But they have a problem
0: with a 16-year-old acting like a child. Well, the, the thing... Oh, here we go. This is the thing that gets me. And it's this... Macho, you know Republican, chest thumping, come and take it. Don't tread on me. Thin blue line, you know MAGA, hardlined. All of those, a lot of that thinking, I should say, because you know not everyone who toes the Trump line would fit the bill, but a lot of it, it seems like there's just the chest thumping with like AOC. You know, we have our critiques of her. Absolutely, she she's a socialist. I mean, but if we're honest, a lot of Republicans are. So I mean, what's your standard? What are we talking about? But with AOC and people like that, that just want to, they just, they, they sort of think, well, our guy, he's held to a different standard. But when it comes to like AOC or Greta or, or these types of people who are leftist in the sense of, they do have a lot of more socialistic ideas because they are calling for more status controls, right? Which is dangerous. We don't like that. Yeah. So. And that's fine. And we'll critique that. But this sort of chest thumping, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make fun of this girl. Look how stupid she is. Right. Mocking intelligence or or how she looks or how she acts, you know. Yeah. Name calling. and, And just this like you do realize, like you pointed out, that 73 year old man who acts like a child on Twitter. What are we?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: What are we? I mean,
0: boys will be boys. Yeah. I mean, and, boys will be boys, right?
2: And if you're not swayed by the moral reason to not do that, just tactically, it is foolish. You're playing right into their hands. You're if, making them into uh, martyrs. Exactly. You're making them into martyrs. It's it, you rise above, be the adult in the room. You know, <laughs> don't don't go down that way. Now, I would like to point out um, some of the the forces that are around her and 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 critique them. So first of all, I I wholly think that um Greta her prominence, her voice being lifted up is complete it's not a grassroots thing. It is a uh the product of a very astroturf type campaign right. by climate activists, bureaucrats, um you know, those who have conflicts of interest to see this message get out there and for governments to put these kinds of regulations out there. Um, I, and I was reading in the, uh, the sun times, it talks about, um, this, this situation that Greta finds herself in a well-intentioned, but naive child being manipulated by energy giants and pushy celebrity parents, including a fame hungry mom who once appeared on Eurovision. So the mom is an actress and the mom has been on these television shows and, um, It says Greta's school lessons on the environment saw her unable to stop thinking about the destruction of the planet. She said, our teachers showed us films of plastic in the ocean, starving polar bears and so on. I cried through all the movies. It was one factor that would lead to a deep depression when aged 11, which saw her stop eating and going to school and then stop speaking to everyone but her family and one teacher. She says, I don't easily fall for lies. I can see through things, end quote. Greta's school lessons on the environment saw her unable to stop thinking about the destruction of the planet. And so here we have a young child who's been told a very scary thing in a very short amount of time. And largely because of capitalism, the world is going to end, you know. And if you tell that to a child and a child who's especially a thoughtful child, they're really going to take it in deeply. That's very scary. Oh, yeah. She's traumatized, right? That scars a, a young child. And, you know, so many children are having this done to them and they're using it to foster a hatred for capitalism, for free markets. And um, now you mentioned, Jason, a good thing earlier. It's not like we just want to like. You know, cavalierly just, oh, who cares about the environment? No, to the contrary. As Christians, we have a reason for subduing the earth and taking dominion over it and being good stewards of the earth. So we don't like pollution. We hate pollution, right? It's, mm-hmm. um, we don't want to just trash the earth. To the contrary, we want to take good care of it. We want it to go forth and multiply. But we also have to be not naive and see that there's these forces out there that are using crises like they've always done to try and institute a Marxist agenda in the world and so you know she's kind of a being used in that effort
0: yeah well let's just play a little bit of this so you can hear what what it is you can hear the passion in her voice and hear what she hear what she's saying and and it will give you a little bit of a glimpse of of what we're talking about
3: people are suffering people are dying entire ecosystems are collapsing We are in the beginning of a mass extinction and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? Because if you really understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then you would be evil and that I refuse to believe. The popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees and the risk of setting off irreversible chain reactions beyond human control. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual and some technical solutions? There will not be any solutions or plans presented in line with these figures here today because these numbers are too uncomfortable and you are still not mature enough to tell it like it is
0: well that's an interesting comment you're not
2: mature <laughs> enough to tell it like it is she's, and while she's saying this she is surrounded by grown ups all around her on the panel the head of the UN council or whatever his name was and they're just sit, standing there watching her they're, they know this girl is just being used and she's speaking these these confident you know pronouncements you know how dare you you're so immature and blah 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 she really believes it you know but as we're sitting here you can't help but notice the hypocrisy of people who feel so morally um morally sure and morally above everything when they don't give a rat's behind about abortion yeah and yeah so you know how credible is this um you know is is this presentation
1: right you're absolutely right one thing that i think that um conservatives oftentimes do wrong is that they they and you know sometimes we present our case as brute facts it's like we have the facts on our side and we don't care about your feelings you know uh, insert Uh, Childish Ben Shapiro mean Or something right Right. (laughs) And, And you have this mentality of like We don't care about feelings We don't care about empathy We don't care about people Here are the facts period done over Now here's the thing The facts are on our side Theologically they are Economically they are Scientifically they are However There's a huge amount of room and a huge amount of legitimacy of of empathizing with these people and say, I also care about the environment. I also think that uh, we can do better about caring about God's world that God gave to us to take dominion over. When we were called to take dominion over the world, it wasn't just about taking dominion over politics. Mm -hmm. It was about taking dominion over the world, which is creation. And, And God loves his creation. We should take care of it. I'm not a fearmonger, you know, fear mo- fearmonger thinking that the world is going to be ending anytime soon, but there are still ways in which we can do better. The question is how, and it's not going to be through the tyranny of the state. In fact, the tyranny of the state was oftentimes going to be very hateful and detrimental to developing companies, uh, not developing companies, developing countries, I should say. <laughs> Both are true. Both <laughs> are true, actually. Both are very much true, um, but they're put in situations where they're unable to even develop as nations, and people are literally starving Starving and unable to get education or good nutrition or electricity or other things of that nature because their nation isn't
2: allowed to go through the normal economic development that the Western world went through. Right, exactly right. And I like how you bring that point that, you know, it's very clear she's bringing mainly a moral argument. And that's one thing about the left that they have figured out that the right does not have figured out. You know the rights busting out their calculators as you kind of alluded to and in the meantime the Bernie Sanders of the world and the Greta Thunbergs of the world are breaking out their ethical pronouncements they're right. bringing an ethical argument
1: appealing out. to morality appealing to emotions and right. you know, so on. And, like so you forth. said
2: they're wrong but they know that that ethical argument that's why when we talk about uh, capitalism we, we got to start with the commandment thou shalt not steal that's a moral ethical you know and it cuts through all the BS it cuts yeah. through all their 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 stupid arguments um, we can go all day with calculators, but you know, once you get to that moral, and you've got the the authority of Christ behind this—he owns everything in this world. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Thou shalt not steal—that's wrong,
0: you know. Right. Well, just to give our listeners a a, a a little bit of local politics, when we talk about the ethical moral aspect, we have Denver Riggleman, who is a Republican candidate, officiate a gay wedding, and then Jerry Falwell comes out and says. Oh, we need to back him. Why are you after him? Because a lot of people were upset, rightfully so. Um, but but Falwell says, no, I'm endorsing this guy because the liberals and yada yada yada. And then it's just created this pragmatic huge arguments. storm. Yeah, it's pragmat, it's pragmatism over principle. And and in God's world, that doesn't work. God's yeah. in God's world, in Christian doctrine and theology. We are principled people because it's God's law. It's fixed. It's graspable for us. It's knowable. We we are to then implement it, live in light of it and implement it. And that's where guys like Falwell are totally discredited, standing in front of, uh, in Trump's office with the Playboy cover. You, you know, oh, well, he's not perfect. You know, th- this is sort of well we're yeah. gonna as if that
1: has been anybody's argument yeah, no, ever, uh, no one right n- n- in
0: god's law never said that when they appointed judges in israel you, you know there's there's never been look for the perfect guy that doesn't yeah. happen but that's the issue jordan you hit the nail on the head that's the issue with with these with when we deal with these issues we always seem to come at it with a double standard you know we we, at, we attack aoc she's dumb she's stupid look at her hey she was what a waitress or a bartender one of those things and you know now she's a congresswoman that's admirable like she ran she did the work okay you know and maybe she intellectually doesn't fully understand the implications of socialism fine
2: uh, she's clearly not stupid she may say a bunch of stupid things but like just she obviously yeah. has intelligence i mean she's she's probably smarter than half the people that criticize her but she's just wrong on almost everything is yeah. the issue yes indeed
0: And in regarding climate change, I'll just say this. Look, it's the issue theologically between closed universe, open universe. Is God involved? Does does the universe function in a way that's we could even call it self-correcting? You know, carbon emissions actually helps plant life grow. I saw a study on that where the Earth is actually getting greener. So, you know, there's debate there. I realize that. But theologically, yes, the principles are let's be good stewards. You know, let's, let's apply God's law. Let's not look to the state to fix this. They can't let's hold people responsible. Let's have, you know, godly laws on liability and damage and property and all these different things, business, and let's do those things and then watch the post-millennial progress that we all love dear, you know, (laughs) it's near and dear to our heart. Let that take over because at some point we're going to deal with emissions in a way that no one's ever thought about. So. Somebody needs to figure that out. I'll get right on that. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. Well, I think I think we had another another clip. Yeah, we did. Do you want, you and want to it, set that it up? It
2: feeds into both the, um, the taking care of the earth discussion that we've been having, and it will, I think, lead into our, our next discussion after the break. So, are you good with me just setting this up or go ahead All yeah right. so i have it ready basically this is an incredibly powerful quote i think from what is a, a spectacular miniseries uh chernobyl uh it's on hbo and i believe that this this documentary is one of the best historically accurate documentaries i've seen now that said i i do know that there's a few areas where they took some artistic license we'll call it because it's hard to to condense everything that happened in chernobyl into a five-part series uh,
1: it's a drama
2: it is it is um so it's not like a uh, yeah it's a dramatic sh- uh retelling of, of chernobyl so not like a, a hard documentary but it does document what happened and um you know for anybody who knows what happened in chernobyl uh in the uh eastern black o- block old soviet union um there was a disaster and it, and it was a, a big disaster with their nuclear reactor power plant in um in chernobyl and this disaster could have been catastrophic for the entire uh, Eastern Hemisphere had some uh, very heroic work not been done by those uh, Russians there responding to it, Ukrainians. And, um, uh, but it was still terrible and, and estimates are that 90,000 people ended up dying because of it. And those estimates are very, uh, they vary a lot because a lot of it was after the fact. People da- died of cancer long after the fact. And the official Soviet Union uh, estimate was that 31 people died, which everyone laughs at. Mm-hmm. It was just the immediate people who were there in the explosion and the immediate aftermath that they count. But clearly, you know, legions of people died as a result of this. Anyway, this quote that you're going to see is um, the the documentary falls around one of the key scientists in this, um, in this ordeal and he's charged with going out and finding out what happens, what went wrong, how do we stop it, and then the aftermath, like who was responsible. Those kinds of things. And in one of the final court scenes of the, of the series, he talks about how, ultimately you can talk about, and he goes on in the scientific uh, reasons for it happening, he talks a lot about that, but ultimately it's a moral issue. And he talks about this whole system being based on lies. And I'll just stop right there and let you play the quote. I've already trod on dangerous ground. We're on dangerous ground right now because of our secrets and our lies. They're practically what define us. When the truth offends, we we lie and lie until we can no longer remember. It is even there, but it is still there. Every
1: lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt is paid.
3: That is how an RBMK reactor core explodes.
2: Lies. so you know when the truth offends we lie and we lie until we can no longer remember it is even there but it's still there every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth sooner or later that debt is paid and for me when I initially saw this I was like "Yeah, that Soviet system it was terrible man lie 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 and they do show all the lies everybody's just Mm -hmm. concerned about covering up their own butt and lying to the next person lying to the next person and don't really care about the, the ramifications as long as it protects them and that kind of stuff but then I thought about our own system in the united states and and i don't want to be uh equating them necessarily because they're not necessarily at the same level of lie telling but there are just so many lies that we tell ourselves in our society so many um big lies and and to keep a lie going you just have to tell bigger lies with more confidence and lie after lie but what is comforting to me is what is what this scientist said lagasov um every lie we t- tell incurs a debt to the truth and sooner or later that debt is paid hmm. and you only believe that if you have some transcendent belief in somebody who's going to intervene right and um and that is going to happen for america america cannot go on the way it is i mean we talk about obviously the lies about abortion and and how uh, it's allegedly just you know some some uh, clump of cells and we tell these women that it's it's and, the, and these men you know oh, it's not a big deal it's just you know it's just, it's just uh, a clump of cells. And and then abortion isn't the only indus- industry where we're telling ourselves lies. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll sort of take us into the next segment. Yes, indeed. I think it will. We'll be back in a minute. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Crossing
0: Crown Radio. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you for sharing our episodes and passing them along. We are grateful for your partnership. We'll be right back.
2: Presenting Telos Coffee Roasters, the official coffee of Cross and Crown Radio. Telos exclusively chooses specialty-grade coffee to derive the highest flavor potential from beans sourced all over the world, culminating in deliciously roasted coffee for your enjoyment. Visit our website at www.teloscoffeeroasters.com to peruse an array of delightful blends or even purchase a subscription. Telos Coffee, where it's our purpose to deliver coffee you'll enjoy.
1: The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the
0: way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Psalm 1. In Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, chapter 11. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Amen. Amen to both of those passages welcome back this is the second half of our eighth episode season two thank you for joining us and this is really the exciting part for all of us because it's just been a hot topic uh around here a discussion point uh that's been happening uh, you've heard potentially i assume about the bill in california sb-276 sb-714 we'll probably talk about that in a little while but it's just been a It's been in the news a lot, the issue of vaccination and mandatory vaccination, mandatory vaccines and those types of things. And so really a lot of this, I think for crossing crown and sort of the discussion for us as a community, a lot of it, you know, we've, a lot of us have already been there in terms of our views of it. And, you know, obviously you always grow and learn and adapt and those things, but but for us it really started just a little while ago what a couple of months ago joe carter from the gospel coalition put out a post basically defending defending vaccines really promulgating false information yeah you know information that is out there from the cdc and other yeah it, it was really it was really weak yeah and for i mean all due respect to joe and gospel coalition i'll just i'll just have to say it it was it was not a good article so I know jo- Jordan, you spent a lot of time researching and responding to him, and if you could kind of just give us, give us some insight, what what were the things you really wanted to cover and address?
2: Yeah, so I've like a lot of people out there have uh, done a lot of some research into this subject because you know I'm a parent and I'm interested in these kinds of issues, and there's a lot of information out there. What's real, what's not real? Um, you know, there's a lot flying back and forth, and uh, as I'm doing this, you know, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of it, trying to get to the data. And I'm asking questions like: Is aborted baby DNA listed as an ingredient for the DTAP, the MMR, the Varicella, the HepA, the HepB vaccines? Answer: Yes, yes. The, the, there is fetal DNA in there. It's listed on the ingredients. Anybody can go and check that. Um, questions like: How many babies were aborted to develop the cell lines used in the creation of vaccines? How many orphans, mentally retarded children? babies whose mothers were in prison were experimented on in the development of the vaccines that are in use today answer many and you can go and and again look it up and and i the just to back up a bit so the the article that i wrote on this like looks through all of these issues and it it shows exactly where i'm getting this information from Mm -hmm. and it's all from the source data it's not from some person's blog that they wrote on a whim because they're like scared of vaccines or something. Yeah, this is the like,
1: stereotypical mommy blog kind of thing right. that people make fun of, well, some, oftentimes unfairly.
2: Exactly. Um, you know, and there's, there's so many questions. What are the long and short term risks of inserting uh, foreign DNA into the body? Answer, significant. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. As a percentage, what is the maximum amount that vaccinations could have played in the decline in child mortality since 1900? So, since 1900, 74 percent decline in child mortality. Uh, what is the? What are the role? What is? What role did vaccines play in that? Well, at, only at one thing though.
1: has ever changed since 1900, and that's probably vaccines. So, <laughs> exactly. nothing else has ever happened. in right. yeah. any Time that could lead to any sort of health increase.
2: Exactly. And the answer is 3.5%. So at most, that's the most the role vaccines could have played. Uh, What percentage of the decline in mortality since 1900 occurred before vaccines were in use? Answer, 90%. Wow. Okay. Um, Was infectious disease... Uh, mortality already plummeting before the associated vaccines were established answer yes yes they, yes it was it was already plummeting
0: and that's that's a huge huge misnomer that's the information that's out there thank god for vaccines otherwise you know millions would be have polio right it was already on sharp decline thanks to plumbers and sanitation and a lot of a lot of things that we've developed sure nutrition it, yeah, yeah all, plumbing uh, absolutely so just listeners note that that's a lie That is not true that vaccines were single-handedly the thing that eliminated all these diseases. I mean,
2: they were almost nothing to do with it. And that's not according to me. That's according to the people who recorded all the data that was there. And again, you can go to the article and you can look exactly where this information comes from. Uh, Number eight, are the number of lives which the CDC claims vaccines save each year credible? So Joe Carter, like in his little fast facts article, he goes just through the basic talking points of the, the pro vaccine lobby and he rattles off some stats. And one of them is that vaccines allegedly save 42,000 lives, American lives from infectious disease every year. And so if you ask how many lives does the CDC claim that vaccinations save each year from measles and diphtheria, is that credible? Well, they they claim that 3,106 lives are saved from Uh, by the measles vaccine so 3106 deaths would occur due to measles every year in the United States this is according to their statistics right so how many people died in the year before the 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 measles vaccine was introduced answer 364 (laughs) so how do we get it to 3106 same thing with diphtheria 27,000 over 27,000 lives they claim they save How many died the year before the vaccine was introduced? And by the way, it was plummeting, 588. Wow. Uh, These numbers are not credible. They're just kind of thrown together and they're used to make these grandiose claims about um, the efficacy of vaccines and the role that they've had. And then they make these claims about all around the world, vaccines are saving millions of lives. No, they're not. People are dying in third world countries of things like diarrhea. And if they get the measles or something like that, they could essentially die from that. But that's because they have no nutrition. They're living in filth. They have no sanitation, no clean water. Right. There's all of the, like, if if we in America were living in those third world conditions, we'd we'd be seeing the same amount of deaths. But Mm -hmm. we're not. Uh, Just to do a a few more. uh, The CDC claimed that the 2011 IOM report concluded that vaccines do not cause autism. That's right there on their website. Anybody can go. CDC. And see that they claim that that report says vaccines do not cause autism. Question. Does that report ever say vaccines do not cause autism? (laughs) Answer. No. No. (laughs) Long answer. No. no. (laughs) Yeah. So it actually, to the contrary, is clamoring. We need more data. Inconclusive. 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 And it's actually confirming a lot of the association between various vaccines and vaccines and harmful adverse reactions. Hmm, okay. Um, another one is herd immunity attainable and does it exist in the United States? No, that's the answer. And this is from uh, medical peer-reviewed journals that there there is a certain amount of uh, attainment of vaccination vaccination rates that have to be in place for herd quote unquote herd immunity to exist we're not at those levels it doesn't exist Um, you could go into the um, the idea of the unvaccinated the unvaccinated presenting a higher risk for spreading disease in public than the vaccinated that's false and again so I so I'm going through all of these and I'm, I'm I'm looking at the data and I'm getting the data from the source and the answers are not what everyone's telling me then I'm seeing Joe Carter post this one-sided barely research where he's just parroting these talking points and he's not giving the other side a voice then in the comments section unbelievable amount of opposition that he gets like way more opposition than he gets support (laughs) and this is a huge issue in the church it's it's subtle it's 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 in the shadows right now people are afraid to talk about it but man it is it is causing major division. People are scared. People don't know what to say. People are afraid to bring it up. Um, Both sides, there's fear going on. Um, And then we have unhelpful articles by a supposed coalition website that basically just railroads the discussion.
0: Hmm. Wow. And on top of that, you have government legislators who are putting laws into place. This is in California, mandating vaccination, if you're going to go to public school,
2: private school, these types of things, you have to get a—you have to be immunized. And this is what really bothered me about the Carter article, because on the one hand, he sort of talks out of both sides of his mouth. On the one hand, he talks about being for freedom in this regard. But on the other hand, he seemingly affirms these penalties that would occur that Christian quote should expect if we are not going to vaccinate our children. So we should expect banishment from society from public institutions if we're not going to uh, vaccinate our children. Mm. But mm. let's make something clear. You cannot be for choice and you cannot be for parental freedom in making these decisions if you're simultaneously for the using the coercive power of government to force uh, or or to punish you if you don't. That's like, you know, saying to somebody, you know, I'm going to beat you over the head with a stick if you don't get vaccinated, but I'm going to give you the choice, and I support your choice to dec- decide what you want to do. But if you don't, I'm going to beat you, but I yeah. know that I support your choice. Yeah, it's
1: extremely hollow. It doesn't have yeah. any meaning at that point. One of the most interesting things about this, uh, to me, is how similar this is to other things our government says. <laughs> so uh, uh, one thing that pops to mind is child labor and how child labor miraculously disappeared as soon as our government government passed child labor law- laws mm-hmm. uh, but as soon as you actually go look into the history uh, child labor had all but disappeared before child labor laws were ever passed already plummeting. And, and it was already disappearing it was already plummeting because of capitalism because of economic growth and industrialism and it was actually more beneficial to um, owners of companies and owners of factories to hire adults it was more beneficial to yeah. them for many reasons. Uh, so those numbers plummeted dramatically. And only after those numbers plummeted dramatically did we ever pass any laws. And then the government comes along and says, oh, look what we did. We saved all those kids from having work in the factories. In fact, during the time where they did work in the factories, they probably should have or else they would have starved. So it's the same sort of situation yeah. where the government's saving us from ourselves, apparently. It's
2: not actually real. And it's almost like just because it's the government, we can't question them. Like it's like because Romans 13 exists, it's like somehow dishonoring to government to question that, that they're taking credit for right. things they have no business taking credit for. And, Absolutely. And then uh, another question that I had to answer is like, is there in the pharmaceutical industry and all the related industry? Is it plagued by a significant amount of conflict of interest, gross negligence, dishonesty, lack of transparency, corruption? And the answer is yes. So, you know, back to what we read, um, you know, take no part in the unfruitful works of dar- darkness, but expose mm-hmm. them. And um, that doesn't just mean if there's some person teaching, um, uh, you know, f- uh, f- a false narrative about salvation. That's not just about that verse, just doesn't apply to that. As Christians, we should not allow these forces of darkness and these uh, lies to go un, unchallenged. And that's uh, unfortunately yeah. what was going on in, in Joe Carter's article.
1: Well, just like with socialism, thou, thou shall not steal. Right. This is thou shall not kill. Yeah. This is thou shall not lie. Yes. This is, has everything to do with the law word of God. Right. And ultimately, this also has to do with this idea of the messianic state. It also has to do with statism. This idea that the state is going to save us from things even like death.
2: Yes,
0: it's absurd. Yeah, I, I think that's. I mean that for me, you know, after you did those articles and and I go I go to Zambia and I'm 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 thinking through. Okay, I need to deal with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a sermon, you know. And had read your stuff and and of course uh, started researching other folks and and just came to the conclusion like wait 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 there's more here like this is a rabbit yeah. hole that yeah. <laughs> it and so deep. tell us
2: so you decided that you were gonna do a sermon on this yeah yes And what were you thinking what you can't think? preach on
0: vaccines <laughs> why would you do such a thing keep
1: well, the main thing the main thing i'll tell Pastor.
3: you
0: what i will say this and and it was the main thing <laughs> i uh my wife mary she, her cousin had made a statement about our uh you know for years she's been kind of in this in this industry and you know talking about this with other people various facebook groups for many years and and she said there's just always people who are are trying to get an a biblical answer what what is what's the bible's position on this you know and 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 sadly the the christian church has dropped the ball i mean we think of abortion apathy that's run rampant um statism basically the 501c3 problem there's all these issues and um so no one's really coming to this and saying, actually, there is a worldview behind this. There are presuppositions behind the vaccine industry, the, the theory, the theology of it, if you will, who is God in this system, that sort of stuff. And for me, that's where my conviction came in. And I'll have to be honest with you. I think that the reason that the church hasn't really stood up and said much about this is because the church is busy being plagued by its own self-induced pietism. Mm-hmm. So no one's, no one's able to bring forth this, you know, fully orbed gospel. I think reconstructionism is the thing that gives you it. I'll just say that, um, but you know, the gospel gives us things like individual liberty. It gives us the gospel of the kingdom, gives us liberty. It gives us life, the pursuit of happiness. Like those are biblical things. And so for me, I, you know, I, I didn't feel like it's much of a stretch. I mean you know it's not really that difficult to say jesus is on his throne he's ruling and reigning he's putting his enemies under his feet and guess what we're, we're covenant we believe in covenant theology there is jurisdiction there is authority there is a power these are real concepts but they are not unlimited That's only right. jesus has that only
2: jesus has unlimited providence not the cdc and by the way if you're going so far as to break fellowship in the body Uh, and and support the civil magistrate in saying, oh, no, you can't participate in fellowship because you have unvaccinated children, and you as an elder in the church are supporting that, you are guilty of divisive behavior Mm -hmm. in the church. Absolutely. And that's not a theory. That's happening. It happened in Rockland County this past year. And actually, they said the crisis just ended there. Apparently, yeah, with a total of zero deaths.
0: Massive crisis in Rockland
2: County. Wow.
0: Well, you know, I think that the big issue here for us is one, you do have the mandated vaccination stuff. That's a conversation. People are scared, even in the bill. I had it pulled up here Bill two S.B. 276, Um, the first section is all about, you know, immunizations are public health measures to ensure protection against debilitating and sometimes fatal diseases. You know, this elusive, like, these things are out there, and they're going to come kill you unless you do this. And then immunization requirements have led to greatly diminished and eliminating debilitating childhood diseases such as measles. Now, I'm sorry, but when, when I see measles or chicken pox, and I wouldn't describe it debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there. I had chicken pox when I was little, and I suffered through it. Me too. And and, right. and, and by suffering, I got to stay home and eat, you know, lollipops and or you know, uh, ice icicle pops. It wasn't debilitating. I'll tell you what's debilitating: one in thirty-seven boys having autism. Yeah. So there's there's these connections that are out there, and so for me, yes, the science is there. You know, uh, you can find the books; they're out there. Dr. Thomas Cowan's book. Uh, is really helpful. Dr. Moskowitz uh, and especially Dr. Suzanne Humphreys, who incidentally you know reviewed the manuscript, which was
2: wonderful to have her look at my sermon and offer some suggestions. and just quick p- plug for her book. She wrote uh, a seminal book on the history of vaccination and uh, it's called Dissolving Illusions. and you can pick that up. actually, um, there's a very good, it's all great, but there's a, a chapter on polio, especially mm-hmm. that will blow your mind. And you need to pick up this book and read it. <laughs> yeah, and
0: so all of that, all that to say, I guess you know, when I when I think about what what is the gospel of the kingdom, well, the gospel of the kingdom brings itself into this world in real time in real history, and so we have to be cognizant and I think mature enough to to deal with the issues. And I'm I'm just going to say this, not because I think I'm you know this special case, but I, I think there's a severe lack of maturity in our churches in terms of like discerning good and evil. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's lacking in the pulpits. Absolutely. Right.
1: I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And one thing I was just thinking of is how closely related this issue of vaccines is to our last topic, talking about environmentalism and climate change and, and uh, the anxieties of Greta Thunberg. It's fear. Yeah. There's so much fear in the church, a mm-hmm. uh, fear of immigration uh, fear of climate change, uh, fear of disease, and they're being controlled by it because they lack faith. Yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 John, I know you well enough to know you are not suggesting this pietistic version of faith where, you know, like your own little worry stone. I'm just going right. to hide in my closet. <laughs> you you know you mean. A, faith, a that faith for all of life. All of life. It's It's got a backbone. <laughs> right. The, the, the
1: cross means something in history. It's not just I get to die and go to heaven. Right. It actually means something in history. And maybe the kingdom of God isn't going to be built up a whole lot in my lifetime, but I know where it's going. Right. I know where it's going. I know the world's not going to end. I know... The, I know society's not going to collapse because poor Mexican immigrants come over and want to pick fruit. Like it's going to be okay. Jesus wins. Yeah. And
2: as as post-millennialists, if you're a researcher, if you're a scientist, if you're interested in these issues, then by all means, please go out and search ways to combat the curse. Uh, you know, but do so in a way that is respectful of human dignity, dignity. Uh, In a way that is ethical, in a way that is transparent, Mm -hmm. in a way that is, you know, not trampling on the rights of others. But, you know, we absolutely want flourishing and we believe as postmillennialists that by the application of biblical principles and uh, that being brought to all the nations that um, that we're going to see human flourishing as a result. And we're going to see some advances and, you know, we don't know how exactly that looks. But by all means, find out why it is that people are dying of of certain diseases and, and afflictions. But again, we we can't just do sort of a, a lazy, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> not trying to not use a certain word, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a lazy approach to it where we're um, cutting corners and um, and ethical corners as well. Yeah. And especially when you have the state that is so happy to jump on an issue like this to use it to control people. Right.
1: The principle is you can't replace something with nothing. Mm-hmm. And yes. when the state is offering solutions to people's fears, we have to replace that with something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you mentioned human flourishing, Jordan. The, the human flourishing does not come at the hands of. Of the Stalins of the world, the Hitlers of the world, Paul Pot, like mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it doesn't come through status interventionism, and that was really I think the heart behind what I was trying to communicate is the gospel doesn't give us the gospel of the, the kingdom of God, and I'm using that broadly by the way. I'm not using a truncated version of the gospel because people, you know, it's a, what do you mean by the gospel? Well, Jesus died for my sins okay, well, he was also raised, and part of the gospel is he's on his throne now, mm-hmm. putting his enemies under his Ruling feet. Ruling and reigning. That's all of 1 Corinthians 15, all of it. Don't just stop in the first four or five verses. Yeah. So the, the gospel of the kingdom, and it gives us a, a theology of the state. Yes. So, you know, that we have to deal with that too. And I think that's why we can bring the gospel into this conversation is because human flourishing isn't going to happen when we think that the state gives us rights and right. that's enshrined in the constitution, which is a good thing. You know, our rights come from our creator. Yes. So what the gifts, you know, the state gives, the state takes, you know, we shouldn't say blessed be the name of the state. We, we need to be centered on God's sovereignty.
2: Amen. And if you look at all of the horrible injustices that have ever been done by the state and carried out by the state, it is always, it always starts with trying to help the greater good. Mm -hmm. Somebody thinks they're going to help the greater good. And I'm talking about whether you're talking about Mao, whether you're talking about Stalin, whether you're talking about Hitler, all of these people thought they were doing something for the greater good. And they were all willing to use the force of the state to meet those ends. The ends justify the means. And that's so much what you hear about the rationalizations for these forced mandatory mm-hmm. vaccinations that it's we have
0: utilitarianism right yeah. it, it's a philosophy it has practical outworking it's a faith for all of life <laughs> so it just doesn't work it, you can't live that way no one can live consistently it, it becomes pragmatism and that delves into politics and we just kind of covered that with Falwell earlier i mean that we don't want the pragmatic approach we're not trying to do with what works we're trying to do that which is right and that, that's why, you know, in that sermon, I, I tried to make the connection, I think, I think rightfully, um, the connection of alchemy and Gnosticism. Because the Gnostic religion, you know, people say, well, that was, you know, that died out in like the fifth century. Well, not really. That The Gnosticism started back at the garden, the secret knowledge of determining good and evil for yourself. Because Gnosticism doesn't deal in terms of sin and ethics. It deals in cer- in terms of, of ignorance. You know, we're in the end. We, we know the CDC knows this, that, and the other, despite the reports that suggest otherwise. You know, we we trust. Pay no us. attention. Yeah, pay no attention. The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's th- those those ideas of alchemy and gnosticism being uh, perpetuated through the status interventionism. You know, that is a conflict with the gospel. Right. And and sadly, people people don't see it. Right. And and, and so I, I'll tell you this. My heart and soul went into that Mm. because there are victims of this industry and they are out there. Mm -hmm. And we have a biblical responsibility, according to God's law, to hear them. Millions of them. To listen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Millions of people who. I mean, the story after story. I could tell you stories, personal stories of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I had eight shots before I went to Africa 10 years ago. Yeah. Got back and got really, really sick. Nasty sick. Ended up a few months later getting a sleep study because my brain was messed up. Mm. I didn't know it at the time. Right. But I had injected a whole ton of toxins into my system. I had no idea. I didn't know it was aluminum and formaldehyde and thimerosal, which is you know a preservative for mercury. I didn't know that there was a animal DNA. I didn't I didn't have any category for that. I was just trying I was told to trust. just, yeah. just trust <laughs> when I talk about blind faith. Right. But my heart and soul went into this because there are victims of this industry and it is statist encroachments that are coming our way and we have dropped the ball the church has dropped the ball so very
2: much and we just can't keep doing it. Amen and boy did we hear from a lot of these people who are so so rightly tired of being ignored and tired of no one speaking up on this like I can't tell you like you know we we run a a a little operation here you know we have (laughs) we have some likes and we have some followers but I can't tell you how how big the response was to this I couldn't have planned this in my wildest dream, or or or, or hoped for this in my yeah. wildest dreams, that we would get such a response. And I want to read just a couple of these responses from um, some of these folks that are, have posted on our page. And there's dozens of them, of, of ones just like this, and, and hundreds more comments in general. Thank you for bravely speaking out on this subject. I am praying more pastors' eyes would be open to see the evil that is within these products and see this through the lens of the gospel. It puts a pit in my stomach, how Satan is deceiving and leading so many Christians to the slaughter. I pray the church rises up and speaks out over the issue, over this issue before our religious freedoms are gone. Jessica P. Uh, Stephanie L. We must view everything through the lens of the gospel. Thank you for addressing part of that. Everything. Pastor Jason Garwood, God entrusted My children to me, not the government. God never commanded me to set my children on fire in an attempt to keep others warm. God designed immune systems. um, Don't require man-made improvements. I don't believe God would condemn abortion. Then bless the use of products containing aborted fetal DNA.
0: That's a huge point, Christian. You can't. We can't even ethically, you know. And there's
2: just so many more. There is. There's so many more like this. Uh, Bethany S., thank you. As a believer, this has been single handedly the most agonizing thing I struggle with the church's silence on, far and above anything else. I'm just so thankful for the pastors willing to speak on the evil of this practice and be brave enough to not shy away from a topic we've been told was too taboo and something we can't talk about. I pray this opens eyes and gets wheels turning in some minds of those that claim to follow Jesus. We have to do better. Yeah,
0: there, there's stories after stories that are out there. I mean, pastors who just won't even listen to the argument, and they I, won't
2: even entertain it. I hesitate to bring this up, but I think I will. Is you notice that 95% of the comments are women. Yeah. And it do, shouldn't really surprise you because they're the closest to this. They're in the trenches every day being mothers. The, you know, not that fathers aren't involved as well, and they are. But, you know, um, they specifically are finding themselves voiceless a lot in this issue. And I'm just so thankful, Pastor, that you decided to uh, apply the word of God to this issue and not ignore it. And I know that there's so many people who are thankful for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen.
0: Yeah. There's especially, you know, moms who are out there that maybe even listening here. Just, you know, you you are incredible people <laughs> yes. you just are and uh i think god has built within within the family that that sort of um motherly instinct you know i've, I've heard stories of you know a child who's starting to walk goes get shots and can't walk anymore mm-hmm. you know the, these stories and, and moms just panicked and they're it's their baby you know there's that motherly nurture there's that connection um and father's of course distraught too but but You know, there, there are people who feel voiceless and man, John, I mean, we've talked about this too, like even like rampant abuse in the church, people who don't have a voice And, and it just, maybe this is another episode, but biblical law demands, it demands that we pay extra special attention to victims. You're absolutely right. And, and you get macho guys who just beat their chest and say, oh, you know, she's just making stuff up. She's just she has a victim mentality. Well, OK, I understand what that means, but why can't we at least take it seriously enough to think about it, to consider it, to hear it out, to be judicious about it, you know, and, and trying to be wise and apply these principles? Right. We're, we're not saying that there's, there's a different standard of justice.
1: Exactly, It's not a different standard of justice. We're not talking about uh, uh, any sort of um, disregarding of the law, word of God, that is going to treat everybody the same. What we're saying is that there's a moral duty and responsibility to diligently seek after the justice of those people who are unable to do it as well for themselves. Which is... But it's the same standard. Yes. But we do need to actually... Assist insofar as we are able those who are unable to actually be an advocate
2: for themselves.
0: Yep, and we would dare pause real quick. Trigger warning: we would call that social justice. Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if less I not say this, there were also many uh, feed much feedback from those in the medical community, those who yeah. have spent many years studying these issues and yeah. and observing these issues from the front line. We got. Uh, a voicemail uh, from a a nurse for who had, who had been a nurse for I think she said 30 or 40 years over 40 years over 40 years yeah and she was very adamant about thanking you for taking the time to research this properly and that you got it right in yeah. terms of the medical side of this um and, and that wasn't the only one there were there was many so this is not uh, something where we're leaving our our brains at the door and just being taken over by emotionalism. It's emotion tied to action, tied to truth. And that's, I think, what, yeah. what is needed in the church, broadly yeah. speaking.
0: Yeah. The biggest, the biggest idol that we have in front of us right now is the idol of autonomy, the idol of you know this thinking that we can know and determine good and evil on our own. And that's been the same old age-old problem. Right. For, for history and that's manifested itself in our nation through the means of statism mm. through the means of Moloch worship and basically the fruit of that I think the two most evil as far as I can tell now the abortion in this vaccine industry and I might even add the food industry because there's a I've been doing some research on that right now and, and just the chaos that is uh, the the food industry and what they're pumping into food and calling it food and, and just then protecting those organizations from yeah. any sort
1: of accountability whatsoever.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so it's all like, but that's the status thing I mentioned in the sermon, God, the gospel brings us from darkness to light. And that's how history is supposed to be patterned. That's why the incarnation came and it's, there's themes of darkness and light all over, especially Isaiah. But This this principle of darkness to light and the state having control is moving from light to darkness. So if we're going to sit idly by, of course, the darkness is going to encroach upon us. Of course, the church is going to be mandated to do this, that and the other. Of course, vaccines are coming. Of course, abortion is full on legalized. You know, we were at George Mason last week, the Yahoo showed up again and I try to talk to them and I can't. They won't speak, but they're just shouting the whole time. Free abortion on demand without apology. And they just chant it over and over and over again. And you just have to stop and pray. <laughs> but that's that's darkness. So all of these issues, that's, what, that's where the gospel brings. We must bring the gospel into conflict with that. So we can't be silent. End the silence. That's the hashtag. Yes. End the silence.
2: And before we take off, like there's things that you can do. So I'm just going to predict right now that this issue is about to blow up in the church at large. I don't know if it's this year, but soon. <laughs> yeah. And and many churches are gonna be caught flat-footed, as sadly the church is can be sometimes, in not getting out ahead of this, and then they don't know how to respond, and a lot of times they respond badly, and people get hurt. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you pastors out there to take a serious look into this. Don't just take the word for it of those who are passing on talking points. But actually look at both sides of the issue and take a serious look into it. And, and I also um, want to encourage everybody to... There's a website, isn't there, Jason, that just got launched?
0: Yeah, the no, no Deception.
2: Yes, nodeception.org. And this has just been launched, and it's a place where Christians can come and search out this issue. They can um, learn how to start conversations in their church about this issue because we want open openness and honesty and transparency and having a discussion about it is is the place to start and uh, there's also some tremendous resources there for you as well
0: yeah and check out the New City Times articles Jordan I know you put a lot of work into those um, you can find that sermon uh, from this past this past Sunday uh, you can find that on Facebook my personal page, my uh, the Crossing ground page it's on YouTube you know there's a lot of resources that are out there. Yeah. But, but get educated for crying out loud. Christians are the last to, to find out and the last to do something. And that's got to stop. Yeah. It's got to stop. So, all right. Well, that's going to be it for us. Any last words from you over there, John?
1: Oh, goodness. Not right now. No. All right. M- lots of stuff to think about. Lots of stuff to think about. and I keep on thinking... Um, if it's not wrong to focus on advocating for the pre-born, why is it wrong to focus on advocating for women or immigrants or anything else? It's connected. Why it is? is that evil social justice and not the other?
0: Yeah, exactly. Good Amen. thought. All right. Well, hey, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time. No neutrality, no exile, no surrender. We mean it. Jesus is king. Amen. Amen. Amen.